We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions, or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another one of our conversations here with Dan. It is April by the time they're watching this. Yes, it is. Yeah, we're, um, we've been on break for a little bit. Spring has sprung. Yeah, you've been teaching some intensive classes yes. with your students. Yes. So we kind of allowed some space for that, a little vacation along the way. Yep, um, very good. While we've been out, we've been getting a lot of questions from you guys, which we really appreciate. We've tried to respond to uh, some of them through email, some of them on the YouTube comments and things. But this one in particular we thought was a really good one to discuss. Yeah, it's really fundamental, very interesting. Yeah, it, it's there's a lot to it, so I'll just read through it, okay. and we'll see where we go from there. Okay. It says, The New Testament makes it pretty clear that the decision to follow Christ should change our life. I think most people who make that decision are looking for such a change, and we should be presenting a major life change to potential disciples. Yet... It seems that many Christians become frustrated or disappointed with, or worse, accepting of the idea that a Christian's duty is just to attend church services and be a nice person. So, how should a Christian's life change from a practical standpoint, and how should we present the, to the potential disciples, and in what ways can we encourage the Lord's body to give their life to His service and experience the joy that comes from it? Okay, so what I get out of that is... How should a person's life really change if they become a Christian? Mm -hmm. And what does that look like? Yeah. And how do we explain that? Because I think the commenter is basically saying he sees shallow Christianity. Yeah. If we even call it Christianity. Not really a changed life. Right. Maybe some changed actions or behaviors, yeah. but not something that seeps deep. Well, there's there's several different languages for this in the New Testament. Um, okay. For example, if we take John's gospel and John's writings, yeah. the language for this change is birth, rebirth. Hmm. Um, John 1, uh, 12 and 13, talking about those that really received Jesus in their life, as many mm -hmm. as received him, mm -hmm. to them gave he power to be children of God, even to those who believe on his name, who were born, mm -hmm. not of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, nor of blood, but of God. Yeah. So, born yeah. of God. Yeah, that's a that is a radical transformation of some kind. Um, John three three speaks of being born again, probably more accurately, born from above. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a there's something that that comes into us from above, and we're reborn. Read John three six through eight there, and see what we get. <clears throat> okay. He says, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. 
so it will be with everyone who is born of the Spirit. All right. A fleshly person is a fleshly person in, in the way they live their life and the way they think. Mm -hmm. But the one who is born of the Spirit, the seed of the Spirit's been planted and a new person's been created. They become spirit or spiritual. <clears throat> yeah. You can't see the wind, but you can see the effects of the wind. Right. And as our questioner implied, you know, you can see the effects of a person's whose life has changed. You can see a difference in attitude, in action, in relationships, in all those things. First um, John chapter three, okay, verse nine is really a an important passage because it talks about the mechanism of change. Is is God's seed, God's word? But read First John three nine for mm. us there. It says, no one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. All right. The seed of God is his, his word. Mm. And so, and actually the word there in the, in the Greek text is sperma. Mm. Yeah. So just as, you know, the sperm connects with the egg, if God's word really deeply embeds itself into the mind of a person, mm -hmm. and that person keeps God's word on his or her mind, mm. that makes it impossible for that person to go on living a lifestyle of sin. Because it created something new. Yeah, it, it, it creates a, a way of thinking that if you tried to live in sin, it would guilt you to death and you'd have to do <laughs> something different yeah. because you know better. Um, but again, similarly, 1 Peter 1, 23, we have been born again, not of mm. corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, the word of God, which lives and abides. So, so <clears throat> it's the mechanism of change okay. is an understanding and acceptance and mulling over and, and um, internalizing of the word of God to the point that there's real conviction and a real change of of thinking. Um, Titus 3, 5, the washing of rebirth and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Well, that renewal is that mental paradigm shift, that transformation. And we don't just say, I'm going to change. We have to let God's word into us and let it change the way we think. Um, and that's the mechanism by which we change. It's yeah. uh, one of the best passages that describes this in different language altogether is Romans 6. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Shall we go on sinning? Mm -hmm. You know, that grace may abound. God right. forbid. How can we who died to sin live any longer therein? So mm -hmm. if we die to sin, see, that's an internal paradigm shift because the word of God has convicted us of the damage of sin, of the the separation from God created by sin, of the it's going nowhere, it's only destroying us. And mm. so we have decided to die to that way of life. Mm -hmm. And if you go down to verse five, six, read five and six there. It says, for if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that he 
so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. All right, so obviously, you know, if we read verse 3 and 4, which are our favorite verses, mm-hmm. we're, we're baptized, we're buried with Christ in baptism, but at the same time, there's a, we're undergoing a mental, psychological, spiritual transformation that's called death to sin. Yeah. Verse 6 says, our old person was crucified with him. So we've realized that the way that old person thinks, the way that person behaves mm-hmm. is not what we want to be, and we're convicted of a new way of life. Yeah. You know? And I was going to say, so when he gets down to this like practical standpoint, so often we just see it as, all right, we're going to, like we would have a diet or you know some sort of you know exercise change, we're just going to change a couple of things. Yeah, I'm just going to change. This is a full-scale I mean, if we really want to go to it, you are now holy and set apart. And so there's a dividing that comes in. Yeah, but see, saying that to most people doesn't make it so. Right. And, and the, the mechanism is there's been a true conviction. We've mm-hmm. seen something that right. we've never seen. We've been impressed by something. We believe something strongly. So much so that we've been stopped in our tracks and we think about it deeply. Mm-hmm. We let it. We realize it's the right thing, and now we want to change. Yes. And it's it's not because we think we have to change and we're going to do it like a diet. Mm-hmm. We want to, and um, one of the best passages on this in Paul, let's look at two or three of them. Second mm-hmm. Corinthians okay. chapter 10, verse 5, which really describes what God does through his word if we let him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he says, we destroy the arguments and every lofty opinion that's raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive in order to obey Christ. All right, so so God's word breaks down those arguments we've had in our mind, those ideas we've had in our mind, those, mm-hmm. those barriers we've had in our mind that keep God out of our life. Yeah. And, and God, through his word, captures our thinking. Mm-hmm. And that's what changes a life. Yeah, because again, it's not just a simple action change. It's a, we're now committed to God's way of thinking. Yeah, it's a, it's a paradigm shift in thinking that mm-hmm. is only caused by complete opening up to the Word of God. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about um, Acts 2.38, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, Acts 7.51, um, same thing happened, but uh, Stephen says to them, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, <laughs> yeah. you do always resist the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Well, see, some people resist the Holy Spirit. They don't yeah. let God's Word really come in and convict them and change them. They're keeping it at arm's length. Yeah, They're and, resisting it. And I think that would be where he says so often we ended up Either they are taught this way or they see the idea present and fall into it that there's none of that Holy Spirit heart-mind change. It's just the actions. Just do yeah. these couple of actions and yeah, you're you, good. You cannot change your actions without your thinking changing first. Maybe one, one way to see this is to see it in reverse. Okay. Um, in Ephesians 4, 17 through 19... Paul describes why the pagan, non-Christian world lives the way they live. 
Mm. Read that for us, 4, 17 through 19. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of the heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned from Christ. All right, so if, if you go back to verse 17, this I say and testify in the Lord that you no longer walk as the Gentiles walk, listen, in the vanity of their mind, mm. being darkened in their understanding, yeah. alienated from the lifestyle of God because of the ignorance that is in them. See, it's the way they think yeah. that makes them live the way they live. Mm. And until we allow God to change the way we think, Mm-hmm. And we really embrace that new way of thinking as that is really right and that is really true and that is really what I need to do and that is what I want to do. Yeah. Until we do that, there's not going to be any any yeah. conversion or change. So maybe is trying to get like an example of how you can change your actions, but until the thought process changes, it's not really going to seep in. Well, you're not sincere about them. You're not there we go. fully into them. I was going to say, we can say like, hey, all people are equal, you know, and we can go through the litany of scriptures that say, hey, you should treat people kindly because, yeah. you know, that's a good thing to but do. But if I don't want to treat them kindly, if I don't feel kindly toward them and well, I resist I that. If I don't truly believe that God created them and they have the same spirit within them and all these other things, I'm just trying to do a tally sheet still of good right. deeds versus bad deeds. Right. Um, you know, very simple scripture, James 4, 7 and 8, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Mm. And many people just try to do that. Yeah. But they forget the next part, which is draw near to God. Yeah. And he will draw near to you. The person who draws near to God has been deeply convicted and, and intensely wants to be near God. Mm. And because of that change, that paradigm shift in them, they're, they're filling their life with God. Mm -hmm. um, Would... Would a problem with this, or maybe this is some of it that plays in, a lot of people that come to Jesus sometimes feel like it's just the thing that they needed to do next, that they were really a good enough person, and this is just the next step. And God clearly like, says over and over, yeah. we're never good enough. Yeah, see, see, what's not happened with such people is the Word of God changes our complete worldview. It, it changes our complete perception of ourselves. It changes mm. our complete perception of other people. It, 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 it changes everything about the way we think about our relationships. Mm. And, um, well, in that, in that same passage you were just in in Ephesians 4, mm -hmm. start at verse 22 and, and read how Paul described Read 22 through 24. Yeah, he says, Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. See, but verse 23 is the key to all that. Mm -hmm. it, it's the change of mind yeah. that changes the life and and when person starts if, if you obviously see that this person starts telling the truth and being kinder and trying to be gentle and trying to uh 
you know, practice purity and do all this, and you see a sincerity and a humility, well, that's an obvious change that's mm -hmm. coming about in the different parts of this life. And Paul describes that in Romans eight sixteen that the Spirit is then bearing witness with our spirit mm. that we really are the children of God. Yeah. In, in other words, when I look at you and you say, I'm a child of God, mm -hmm. if I can see those characteristics in your life that are obviously the fruits of the Spirit in right. a changed being, then, then the Spirit is bearing witness with your spirit that, yes, you really are a child of God. Yeah. But if you say, I'm a child of God, but you're mean and hateful and a liar and you're you're impure and you do all these other things, then you can say it, but mm -hmm. I can see that it's yeah. not true. And I think that's, again, an example of we'll tell people, hey, you're a Christian now. You need to read the Bible more, which is a good that thing. That is very true. And there are many people that I've come across, and I'm sure you have too, that they've read the Bible and they can quote the scriptures, but you never see it in action or used in the way the scripture presents itself. Yeah, if it's you read another, it for the facts. It's just another academic book that they've Yeah, if you just with. read it for the facts and stuff, you know, but if you let that message enter your mind and your heart and you you think about how it applies to you and you let God convict you mm -hmm. and change you and bring you to commitment, then you are different. Yeah. And um, if if you go to Romans six eleven okay. Romans six eleven uh, this describes the thinking of a person who has undergone this change. Now, it says, So you also must consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. All right, so think about what that says. This is talking about the way you think about yourself. Mm. Yeah. In your own head as you get up and mm -hmm. face every day. If you think about yourself as, you know, I'm, I am a Christian. I have died to sin. I love God. I want to serve God. If that's your thought process, if that's the way you think of yourself, then, you know, there's been a real transformation. But if you don't think of yourself that way in your own mind every day, yeah. then there's, there hasn't been that transformation. And, and the nice thing is two verses later, he addresses this sort of idea of, are you still stuck in the, I've got to make the right choices or are you being renewed and following God in his grace and mercy? Because it says, you must also consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Christ and don't let sin reign. And he finishes there in verse 14, for sin will have no dominion over you since... You're no longer under the law and having to do the check, 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 but you're now under grace, well, which is still following God's commands, but it's not the checklist that you... Yeah, but that's really the 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 thing about that is, if you, verse 13, mm -hmm. he says, yeah. because you've come to God, you're presenting yourself to God. Yes as servants unto obedience. Again, See? it's not saying you're not following <clears throat> You're not earning your way. Yes. But you want to follow God and you are obeying. Now, the reason I'm saying that is some people think, and I've heard this a lot even in our circles, Oh yeah, that we're under grace. And therefore nothing matters. And so matters. therefore nothing matters and I can do what I want to. And that a lot of these people, there's really right. no change in them. They're really not right. trying to obey God. But this one is more addressing the people who they've come to Christ but they haven't accepted the grace and the understanding and the deep change that that freedom implies. I think, I think a lot of people want grace, but they don't want a Lord. They don't want a master. 
which means that they're still looking for a checklist to provide that comfort of yeah maybe so but, yeah but they you know the person who's drawing near to god because they want to mm -hmm. and trying to obey god and not making excuses for why they don't need to obey god will that change person, that person yeah. is a changed person right yeah. and that's what i'm trying to say is <clears throat> the people who really let that realization of the change into them will let go of a lot of those things and that doesn't mean they let go of hey i don't have to follow god anymore it's I deeply desire to follow him and serve him and show him to anyone I encounter. Right, and I also accept his grace. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it kind of goes to, we had a sermon recently about it's not a burden to follow him. Yes, you're going to take on his laws and commands, but it's he, a carries, he carries them with you. He goes with you. And we try to, we want to walk with God. We do hold his hand mm. because that's the way we want to live our lives. Yeah. You know, I want to live for the Lord until I breathe my last breath. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that this change, the reason I think we have trouble talking about it is because it is internal. Mm -hmm. It is mental, spiritual, psychological, but we have to let God change us. Mm -hmm. We oh, have yeah. to want him to change us. We have to open our hearts Allow his word to be, as James said in 121, the implanted yeah. word that is able to save our soul. And so we let it change us. And if we don't let God really change us here, we'll never change our lifestyle. Yeah, because it's almost the, we like to fix things from the outside in. Like our society is more of a, Fix these things, and then that'll make things better. Whereas God's word is more, if you'll let me in, then I'll help you get the change accomplished. Right. And and so it's it's almost that fight of, are we still doing it, or is he doing it? Yeah, and if you think of it in, in some other practical ways, you know, you think about your children. You know, if you've been changed by God, these are a divine gift from God and a, and a responsibility of, a, of an immortal soul. And, and I, I love these little souls and I want to help them go to heaven and how can I mm. teach them? How can I be an example to them? We think about our marriages, you know, marriage is holy in the sight of God. It's a covenant with God. This is a sacred thing between me and my wife. How can I nurture that relationship as God wants me to? How can I, how can I you know, be an example and a helper spiritually in every other way? Mm -hmm. It just... It transforms the way we look at things, everything. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's part of what's involved in this question. Yeah. The, the rule of God, the concept of the kingdom of God, yeah. is really about the complete rule of God in a person's heart and mind. Mm. And that's what causes this change. Yeah. But the seed of that is always God's word. And like you said, it's not just reading the Bible, right? but it's internalizing that about, what about me? How does that talk to me? Yeah. And I think that he points out a lot of times we'll see someone put on Christ in baptism. They'll make this commitment and then they look exactly the same. And that's not to say that we don't still have our struggles with sin as we move through this. It's there's no deep change or desire to change. Like right. there's a difference in someone who's struggling with their sin as they're trying to make the change and someone who 
looks the same from day one to day two. And they're like, I was good enough when I got in the water. I'm good enough now. Mm -hmm. Which is not the case for any of us. Well, and, and I know we're probably going too long, but, but Scripture talks about people who, are, who try to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. That's a command. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a choice to fill your life with God. Um, but we have to want to. Yeah, we I, can talk about this from now on. I was going to say, I remember singing a song at camp that I that I kind of laugh about now, but it's that whole knock, knock, knock. I heard Jesus knocking, tug, tug, tug. He was tugging at my heartstrings. You know, it's a great camp song, but the verse is like Jesus could not come inside until I let him in. That's absolutely true. You know, it's like he's there, even if we say, "Oh yeah, I'm with you, Jesus," but you stay outside the door. You know, it's not really letting him in and filling that space in our life. Yep. So, goofy camp song, but it had a point. <laughs> it sure does. Um, I think this is a great question. And for all of you out there, I think this is one of the things that we need to speak about, we need to think about, we need to help people feel how that feels to allow that change. Mm. I, I think that that's a, that's a big old question, and I'm glad that it came yeah. in. And so I think for someone who may be out there having these discussions with someone and trying to teach them about Jesus, maybe a good starting point is on your own and then possibly with the person you're studying with, being honest about that journey and process within yourself. That's the big thing. Yes. I mean, first off, you need to be talking to God and making sure, have I been doing this process or have I been kind of withholding myself from you? And then when you're talking to someone, share with them what that change was like. Yeah, and when you read God's Word or listen, let it really speak to you. Mm. Don't, don't, I mean, let God's Word talk to you personally and internalize it and take it seriously and take it to heart. Because it will affect you. Amen. Like if you're really letting it in, you won't look the same. No, you won't. You won't look like everybody else in the world. But That's right. I think too often we do. Yeah. All right. Like we said, thanks for the question. Hopefully you've enjoyed the conversation. Maybe it's making you think a little bit. And as we always say, but we want to remind you, if you have any follow-up thoughts, questions on this subject or any of the other ones, feel free to send them our way. We'd love to stay in touch. Have a good week, everybody. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.